0: Well, good evening, everybody. So good to see you all. Amen. And uh, we went on a little field trip (laughs) across the Atlantic Ocean, and somehow we landed in Israel. (laughs) And uh, we had a wonderful time with a group that went over to Israel. And uh, I tell you, though, we missed you guys. We missed you so much. I don't know if the group missed you as much as I did, but I missed you guys so much, you know. And um, I tell you what, it was it was a powerful, powerful, wonderful time. And um, many people were touched on the trip. We were definitely touched as a family. It's very special to be in the Holy Land. It was a very interesting time to be there. It was over... Ramadan and obviously Passover starting. And then last weekend was the beginning of, of um, Passion Week with, with Palm Sunday. So just the spiritual activity in Jerusalem specifically was like off the charts. And, um, you know, so, you know, it was, woo, but it was hectic. <laughs> so it was interesting to be in the spiritual warfare capital of the world during this time, particularly just seeing the different religions and the different cultures and the tension that's taking place right now in the Holy Land was something to behold. At the same time, we, we traveled and went to many of the places specifically that Jesus walked, and it was very, very powerful. You know, getting to see individuals have special moments. You know, um, I, do you mind if I share just a little bit? I know it's Good Friday. I have I have a message. I'm going to get to it in just a moment. But i tell you, there was one or two things that happened. There's many things, but... We, 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 I think it was our third or second day that we were we were in Galilee. We were at Tiberias there, and we, we got on a little boat, and we had sort of sailed out in the Sea of Galilee. And when we were sailing out, just to our left was the Mount of Beatitudes, and behind us was Capernaum, where Peter's house was. And, you know, just on the other side was the side of the ocean, with the mountains, where the Gadarenes were, the demon-possessed man. And there's just so much going on, and all of a sudden, we began to worship God, and we sang that song, Waymaker. And I tell you, the whole boat, every single person you know, on, on our little boat, what was so special was that you know, normally when we worship in a circle, we're all looking at each other. But the whole group was turned towards the, the, the shoreline, and everybody was just worshiping God and weeping, and it was so powerful. There were, there's so many stories I'd love to share with you. Man, I tell you, I, I wish with all my heart I could just take the whole church, and take you over there and, and and just let you experience it because it really is extremely powerful. But um, it's a very special day today. And I was just standing here thinking about our first Good Friday service, which was eight years ago in our old building. And I think there were four people at that service. So we've come a long way since then, praise God. <laughs> and it's so wonderful... To see so many of you. I walked in here and it felt like the Holy Spirit Fire Conference. It felt like we were at one of the Feasts of Pentecost or Feast of Tabernacles, and just, you know, it's and most certainly is a Feast of the Lord, Passover. So definitely God is moving, but it's wonderful to see you guys so hungry for the Lord. It's wonderful to see you guys so excited about being in the house of the Lord, the worship. Team did a phenomenal job tonight. Thank you guys so much. And I, and I, I like those old songs. You know, just give me that old rugged cross. You know, just those old songs are just so beautiful. Can I get an amen? From see, uh, there we go, guys. That's, that's just the way it's got to be. Amen. My daughter fights with me all the time. But Dad, we don't want to sing that stuff. So that's when I say, well, I don't really care. What you want to sing? <laughs> Amen. But we have a few things we're going to do this evening, so I want to get into my message. I'm not going to be ministering too long this evening, but um, I want to share something with you, and this was really very much on my heart during the whole tour, and I shared a little bit about this with the group one evening, and uh, we're going to take communion tonight, It's no better day to take communion than Good Friday. So my message this evening is entitled, The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. And I want to start by saying that in in the ancient world, sacrifice was something that was practiced in many different ways. But we see sacrifice take place specifically early in the Bible with Abraham, where there's covenant cut between him and God. Sacrifice is made. But there's one particular story in the Old Testament that is so powerful. And it actually is the first Passover. And I want to share with you a couple of things from this Passover story that we see fulfilled in Jesus when he comes to Jerusalem And then he ends up getting crucified. But I want to show you just how amazing the parallels are. And ultimately, we give thanks to the Lord that he is our redeemer, that he is our savior, and that we can have life and life eternal, abundant life because of what he's done. So you all know the story that the Israelites were in bondage for around 400 years in Egypt and the ten plagues were busy taking place. Pharaoh's heart was hardened the more the plagues began to happen. And ultimately, it came down to the last plague. And God made a promise to the children of Israel. He, cut, he made a covenant with them. Let's go and read it together in Exodus 12, verse number 1. This is the week, the feast of Passover. That's what's happening right now. In the Christian calendar, it's known as Good Friday and Easter Sunday. But this is the Passover week, and I want to show you just something that Scripture tells us about this. Exodus 12, verse number one. So while the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you, announced to the whole community of Israel. That on the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice. One animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male either a sheep or a goat, with no defects, take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of this first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and swear it on the sides and top of the door frames of the house where they eat the animal. The same night they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad, greens, and bread made without yeast. Do not eat of the meat raw or boiled in water. The whole animal, including the head, legs, internal organs, must be roasted over a fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is eaten before morning. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals, and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. Everybody say, the Lord's Passover. In that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and every firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Watch this now. This is a day to remember each year from generation to generation. You must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. For all time. It's very interesting because we know the story so well, most of us that are here this evening, or you watching online, that the children of Israel were in captivity. And God was going to send this angel of death that was going to pass over the people. And if there was a firstborn, that firstborn would be struck dead. But if they took this sacrifice lamb, a lamb without spot or blemish, a perfect lamb, they took this lamb and they sacrificed the lamb and took the blood of this lamb and put it on both sides of of the door and on the top of the door. They took the blood and put the blood on top of that. Then when this this angel came into the land of Egypt, it would pass over them and they would not die. This was a promise that was given to the children of Israel. We know the story. This is exactly what took place. But what's so amazing is that this was a promise made to the children of Israel. And if you study scripture, you will find out that this was not the only time sacrifice was made. There was also Levitical law that came into place where certain sins were committed and you had to go to the tabernacle in the wilderness and and do sacrifices so that your sins could be forgiven. Again, a lamb or a bull was sacrificed for different types of situations. But blood had to be spilled so that you could be delivered and you could be saved from death. Blood had to be spilled for the remission of sins as well. And God made a Made a a law. He said that these sacrifices, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, he said these sacrifices can only take place in the tabernacle. And later on, those sacrifices, those same sacrifices, were made by the children of Israel certain times of the year and obviously the day of atonement as well at the Temple Mount. So wherever the tabernacle was or the temple was, they were allowed to do these sacrifices. They were not allowed to do them anywhere else during this time. Are you with me, guys? And along comes Jesus. And I want to show something to you that I believe will really, really bless you. Let's go back to the same scripture, Exodus 12, verse number two. We'll pick it up from there. I want you to remember, everybody look at me for just a moment before we read this. Jesus has now come to the earth to save all of mankind. I want to say that again, all of mankind. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful, okay? Everything he did, he did so perfectly with such purpose. There was no foot put in the wrong place. Everything was absolutely god divine. And so at the end of his ministry, he comes to Jerusalem, and we know the story. On Palm Sunday, Jesus comes into Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, and the group knows what I'm talking about. We were there. Don't be jealous. We were there. And and Jesus came riding on this donkey down into the city of Jerusalem, and when he came into the city of Jerusalem, the The people came with palm branches. That's why it's called Palm Sunday. And they cried out, Hosanna to the son of David. They cried out. And while he was coming in, they were celebrating him. It was like they chose him. Now watch this. Let's go back to Exodus 12, verse number two. Look at what God says to the children of Israel about Passover. From now on this month, will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. What you may not know is that the day of Palm Sunday was the same day that they had to select a lamb. The same day in the Passover feast, in preparing for Passover, that the children of Israel, that the, the, the nation of Israel had to choose for themselves a lamb that would be sacrificed was the day that Jesus came riding into the, into the temple on Palm Sunday on a donkey. Okay. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty awesome. Now watch this. Exodus 12, verse 6. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. You see, when Jesus came into the temple, there's a whole lot of stuff that took place, but I want to stick to just the lamb because he is our lamb. Amen? So he comes in. And he spends three days preaching in Jerusalem, doing miracles, spending time with the people in that community. When you selected your lamb, if you were one of the children of Israel back then, you would have taken that lamb and it would have stayed in your house for those three days. Are you with me? And then on the fourth day, that lamb had to be slaughtered and that blood had to be spilt. Every year they would do this sacrifice. So what happens now is Jesus comes into the city on the 10th day, spends three days in the city, and then he has this amazing thing that we all call the Last Supper. And at the Last Supper, Jesus is with his disciples, and he takes communion with them. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. The very next day, Jesus goes to the cross, and he's slaughtered a lamb. Without spot and blemish. It lines up perfectly with the calendar of the Passover that was established thousands of years, thousands of years ago, long before Jesus was born. Long before the foundation of the earth, God knew that His people would be in bondage and He would have to to create a way for them to be set free, to be made whole. And so the sacrificial lamb system came in. But it was a temporary thing. And ultimately, Jesus would fulfill what was done in the law. But what's so incredible about it is that He does it Absolutely precisely, the day that the animal is chosen, all the way to the day that the animal is slaughtered, and in fact, in John's gospel, it, it really lines up perfectly with with everything in the in the in the Jewish culture and specifically the Passover tradition. It lines up perfectly with his crucifixion. Guys, it's absolutely incredible that God had now set up. A sacrifice that would ultimately take away the sins of the entire world. A lamb without spot or blemish. We know that Jesus goes to the cross. He is our Passover lamb. And this is such a powerful thing. It's such a powerful thing because... There is nothing anymore that you and I have to do. What's also really amazing is that in seventy, in the year 70, I think it's CE, I can't remember CE. I think it's something like that. But it was about 38 to 40 something years after Jesus' crucifixion, the temple is destroyed in Jerusalem. An animal sacrifice can no longer take place. I want you to think about that. Why? Why did God allow this to take place? Because the sacrifice was already, he'd already come. Another lamb was not necessary. There was no need for another lamb. The lamb of God had already arrived. And these are all things that are prophetically, prophetically written in Scripture that would take place. But people don't have eyes to see it because their hearts are hardened or for many other reasons. Traditionally, it's difficult for them to understand it. But I want you to get it. That God had pre-planned this, that Jesus would go to Calvary and he would die on that cross so that you and I could be saved, so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be made whole. He went to Calvary and his blood was spilt so that our sins could be forgiven. We don't have to go and make another sacrifice for our sins to be forgiven. That sacrifice was done. On Good Friday, 2,000 plus years ago, when he hung on that tree and he gave his life willingly for you and I so that we could have this life. It is so powerful. It is so beautiful. Everything was pre-planned. Everything was prepared. Jesus, at the after the Last Supper, goes into Gethsemane. And he cries out to the Lord, but he ultimately says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And he went to be crucified willingly, the Lamb, the Lamb of God, so that you and I could have this salvation that we have today. I want to show you one more thing real quick from Exodus. As I said, I won't be too long this evening. I don't know how happy you are about that. Maybe you're happy, maybe you're not. I don't know. Let's go to Exodus 12, verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourself according to your families, and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. Now, watch. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. I want you to understand something, that the sacrifice was prepared. Everything was prepared for them. But in that day, the children of Israel had to do something. First of all, they had to actually take that blood and apply it to the doorposts and to the lintel. They had to physically go and put it there. The other thing is they had to obey Because if they didn't obey and they decided to go for a stroll the night that the angel of death was going past, they would be killed. I want you to understand that when Jesus gives his life for you and I, and the sacrifice has been made, we still have a choice. Whether we're going to apply that blood to our lives or whether we are not. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. If you want to have that blood protect you, bless you, and keep you all the days of your life, you must obey the Lord. We have to be obedient. We have to apply the blood to our lives. We cannot be with one foot in the world and one foot in the church or one foot in Christianity. Are you with me? We have to make a decision to be obedient to God. And I want to encourage you this evening, every single one of you, my family, you guys, you guys watching online. This year, God is moving so powerfully all over the earth. Like, like really, it's amazing what God is busy doing. But I want to challenge you this year to really take a hold of what Jesus has done for you and I. Apply that blood, that wonderful blood that was spilt so that we could have this grace and mercy and love and then choose to follow Him with your whole heart, and you will see His wonders. You will see His wonders. You see, what's really interesting is that when you look at this, you'll see that in the, in, in, in the, in the Bible times, in, 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 the, in the old days, in, with the children of Israel, it was very specific that that lamb every year had to be sacrificed And it was for those covenant people. But when Jesus came and he went down to the Jordan River, he met his cousin there, Cousin John. (laughs) Take a look at what he says. John 1 verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, watch this. Behold the Lamb of God. That's good news. And look at the next part. Who takes away the sins of the world. Of the whole world. That means that that sacrifice is for you. That sacrifice is for your family. That sacrifice is for your children. You qualify. All you have to do is apply the blood. All you have to do is accept the sacrifice and obey His voice and follow Him, and you will see that you will be blessed, and your life will never be the same again. The Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, He takes away our sins. Oh, come on, somebody. He takes away your sin. You are made whole. You are set free because of what He has done. Listen, sit down for one minute. Listen to me. Sometimes in your journey with Christ, you get a little dry. You get, to, you have these little dry patches. I hate them. But if you want to get on fire again, just think about the sacrifice that was made. Just think about the blood that was spilled so that you could be saved, so that your family could be saved, so that you could be delivered, so that you could be made whole, so that you could be healed. Come on, somebody. Jesus has done everything that is necessary for us to have life. You've got a lot of reason to celebrate. You've got a lot of reason to be on fire for Him. You've got a lot of reason to be passionate for Him, to be zealous for Him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. When I was in Israel, there was one thing that really struck me. The different religions and the intensity of each of these religions, but only one came and gave His life to save the whole world, and He is your Savior. And when He died on that cross, guys, this is the day that we celebrate, we give thanks for that sacrifice. You may sit there and go, well, how can I celebrate that? Well, you have to. Because it's the greatest gift you've ever been given. Do we like that Jesus was hurt that way? No, but I'm so thankful that he was. I'm so thankful that he was striped so I could be healed. That he was broken so that I could be whole. That that he spilt his blood so I could be saved. Do I like what happened? No, but let me tell you, there's no gooder day than that. Are you with me? So on this Good Friday, I want to ask the ushers to begin to hand out the communion elements. Jesus was, before he went to be crucified, he was in the upper room with his disciples. And when he spoke about the blood and the body, they were getting ready to have a Passover meal. They were getting ready to do that. And he told them, he taught them that his body would be broken and that his blood would be spilt. That's what this evening is all about. And I want you to see, I've read this so many times, but look at how Paul describes it. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. And while I'm doing this, I'm going to ask Pastor William's wonderful wife and daughter to come up. I think they're getting ready. And the ushers, if you could, are you handing out the elements yet? If you guys could begin to hand out the elements, I would appreciate that. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. I want you to remember that when that lamb was slain, they would eat from that lamb. Are you with me, guys? He said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. I want to stop there. We'll carry on reading in just a moment. There are two things about communion that are so special. The first thing is that when we take communion, we remember the sacrifice. And I don't think that there's any other day on the calendar year that we should remember like we remember today. This is Good Friday. This is the day He gave that blood and his body was broken so that we could be given life. Amen. He also says that we should always proclaim his death till he comes. Listen, as I've shared with you already this evening, we have a lot to proclaim. Come on, we can proclaim the goodness, the love, the mercy the compassion, the heart of God for what He has done for you and I. We don't necessarily, well, (laughs) we don't deserve His love and His mercy, but He gives it to us freely because of the blood that was spilled, because of the sacrifice that was made. So I'm so grateful. He goes on and He says this in verse 27, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner Will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This to me is so powerful because this is the moment where we have an opportunity. When we take communion, when we take the elements, first of all, we think and we remember what Jesus has done. But we also have to examine our hearts, examine where we are. The Bible talks about examining ourselves multiple times in Scripture. But there's no better place to do that than in communion. And the reason why is because as we're remembering the sacrifice that was made and the goodness and the mercy of, and the love of God that's shown towards us, we examine our own hearts. A lot of people I know, they, they don't take communion because they don't feel worthy to take communion. You're missing the whole point. The whole point is that we are not good enough. And we can come to Him and acknowledge our faults and ask Him for forgiveness and take of the body and the blood. That's why He died for us. Amen. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to examine our hearts. Says everybody have the elements? Well, you're going to have to hang on to them for just a moment. Because we're going to bow our heads We're going to examine our hearts this evening, and we're going to give Him thanks for what He's done, and while we do this, these two precious young ladies, one not as young as the other, but you know, (laughs) she's young, (laughs) it's it's Pastor William's wife and his daughter, they're going to sing, and, and let's listen to the words of this song, and let's reflect and give thanks to the Lord, and then once they've done that, we will take communion together, amen?
1: Yeah. All that
0: keep our heads bowed and every eye closed Father tonight in this place on this good Friday we remember that sacrifice with grateful hearts we come before you Lord as you said we examine our hearts we make so many mistakes say and do things we shouldn't we are so grateful for the blood Lord as your word says forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us father thank you for your blood thank you for your body that was broken jesus we are so grateful to you we love you we honor and worship you in this place in jesus name let's all take the bread together he said take eat this is my body that is broken for you the bible teaches us that he's after supper, he took the cup and he said, take, drink, this is my blood. And so in this place, in this holy congregation, Father, with your children, we stand together. Having, having taken the elements like Jesus on that night, the last supper, where he broke the bread... And gave them the cup to drink from. And then you went, Lord, and you gave your life on Calvary for us. We're so grateful. We will always remember it and always proclaim it. But we are also so grateful, Lord, that in three days we celebrate the resurrection. And so in this place tonight, we thank you, we love you, we honor and worship you. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Before you go, hang on, don't leave yet. (laughs) I just want to remind you that on Sunday, we have our resurrection revolution. Just make sure you don't come tomorrow at 9 o'clock. It's Sunday at 9 o'clock. Amen. It's going to be a big celebration. We have a very special morning planned. There'll be no prayer tomorrow. But we will be here setting up. If you feel like helping, you're welcome to come. Okay? Otherwise, guys, thank you for coming out on this good Friday. Can we give Kristen and Laura a big hand for their amazing performance as well? Amen. Wasn't it beautiful? And thank you guys so much for coming on your Friday night to the house of the Lord as we give thanks and remembrance for the sacrifice that Jesus made. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in His peace and may the joy of the Lord be your strength. In Jesus' name, amen.